Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Welcome back to another really exciting episode of Accidental Parenting. This week, we've got a very special guest who just makes me laugh. And I'm not going to introduce her by name just yet. That will come later. I want to start off with our awkwardly personal question. That's how we start all of our interviews. And she's listened to a few of our podcasts here and there, so she's expecting this. Special guest, go ahead and say hi. Hi. And tell us, what is the biggest lie you've ever told? The biggest lie I've ever told? Well, I think you could consider this a lie. When I was growing up, I um, we had a neighbor named Ben who thought for years that my name was Kimberly. Okay. And I never corrected him. And every time he said, hi, Kimberly, on the way home from school, I said, hi. At this point, I can't not not use your name anymore because this is my sister, Courtney. And Courtney and I, we go way back as one could imagine. I'm very excited <laughs> yeah. to have her on the, on the podcast today. But this is so true. Ben, across the street. Ben. Oh, hello, Kimberly. Kimberly. And it's just smiling, not. Oh, we... how's Kimberly doing? <laughs> Until we moved. My name yeah. is Kimberly. Do you remember when his house caught on fire? I do remember that. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, nice guy. I, did we move before we moved before he did? Right. Well, he it was kind of weird, right? He had like a he niece or military. nephew. He was in the National Guard. Oh, okay. And like I don't know what else he did, but he had a niece and nephew that were living there, and he would live there part time and kind mm. of do his thing. I think he lived in another place too. But do you remember his last name? No, <laughs> no, it was just Ben. I just remember Eucurgio. But I don't ever remember how to say it. That was his last name. It was something like that. I would love because to be able to I remember him writing I, to him. I owe him some money seventh, for a window I broke. No. <laughs> writing to him in seventh grade while he was overseas. Oh yeah. With um. <laughs> so here's the question: <laughs> Desert Storm. <laughs> when you wrote to him when he was overseas, did you sign it, Kimberly? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. No. <laughs> Because you didn't want to ruin no, it. No, because him. I took his name and address to everyone in my class and they all wrote to him. Yeah, so at that point, it was the lie late. was too late. <laughs> too late to fix that one. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually a really good lie. I appreciate your honesty with that <laughs> one. So, uh, some other pieces that we do in these interviews, we make introductions with assumptions. So things that I don't already know. And this is a little bit tricky because you're my sister and it's almost like we finish each other's sandwiches. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Your favorite food. Okay, let oh, me think. Let me think. That's a good one. Favorite food. I like food. Favorite <laughs> food. This is not counting dessert because we all like dessert. Okay. Favorite food is... You were a picky eater growing up. I really have Which no idea. Because favorite I like food. food. Let's go with barbecue. Oh my gosh, that's the one food I don't like. <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought you didn't like seafood. 
Oh yeah, that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought okay, I got to pick something that's totally polar opposite from seafood. Barbecue land. That's funny. Land versus sea. I, yeah, I don't love barbecue either, to be honest. Okay, so what My is it? My two favorite things are Thai food and tacos. Oh, Thai food and tacos. I like those. I like lot. I like that. I also so, like a good sandwich. Yeah, a good sandwich. I prefer a an unwitch. <laughs> okay, right? I don't like wrapped Jimmy in John. lettuce. Oh, uh-huh. see, I I like my sandwich to be wrapped in lettuce. I don't. I'm not a big bready person. I'm a big bread person. <laughs> yeah, too big. Um, Thai and tacos, and I'm thinking that would be a good a good combination. Thai tacos. Mm-hmm. There is a place in Gilbert. Have you heard of this place called Panda Libre? No, but I kind of have a problem mixing food. I was at I a meeting the other night, and we had to vote on who had the best lunch, and mm-hmm. somebody won with sushi burrito. Ooh. I'm sure it wasn't a tortilla, but I had a hard time differentiating <laughs> the two. It's like, all right, we've got your spicy tuna and refried I beans. I can't. Yeah. All right. Okay, so next next assumption, your favorite workout song is... Mm. This girl is on fire. Um, no, <laughs> that's a good one. But it is a good one. Okay, I uh, I like a lot, and I like to switch it up. So I really like um, what's it called? I can't even think of the name of it. By Heart. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I also like Pink. Okay. And I really like that um, song "Glorious" by Macklemore right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And fight song. I like that one because that's a good get you going. Yeah. My my favorite Macklemore song right now is that one where he's like, I don't belong in this place. Have you heard that one? Is that the glorious one? No. It's called oh. I Don't Belong in This Place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever know the names of it's songs. A, it's clearly. a good song. Okay. Uh, next question it. that I've got for you bedtime routine. So just before bed. Okay. You always, and it's funny because Aubrey wrote the sound like my answer, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> she wrote I, your I, answer? Yeah, she, she wrote what my assumption would be. In fact, oh. she thought your favorite food would be mutton. Oh. Yeah, so I didn't say that. She was lying. She did put this girl on fire. She says, before you go to bed, you always go skinny dipping in your pool. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even in spot the cold. On. Spot on. Spot on. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but bedtime routine, what do you do right before bed? Brush my teeth. That's a good, that's Wash a good thing. Wash my face. All right. Read last book. Last TV show you watched was <gasps> Dateline. Nope. Oh, I love Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched a Dateline that's, in a long time. That's the, last epi- that's the last show I watched. Mine was This Is Us. Oh, are you all caught up on that? I just caught up last See, I am, I am uh, so far behind. Oh, man. Uh, it was a good. It's a good show. It it's is a good show. a good show. It's a heart wrencher for sure. We were watching Dateline last night as we were falling asleep, mm-hmm. and it reminded me. We had this conversation with some friends earlier in the night. They were telling us about the most recent Dateline episode. Have you heard about this couple in Idaho and Arizona? Yes, the child drama, the missing children. Some people know them. That I know. Yeah, our friends. Yeah, it's weird. Our friend's sister lives across the street from oh. their the place in Idaho where all this went down. Okay, and I know it some was on. That know them. It was on Dateline last night, and like there are tons That's of questions, really and there's like Facebook groups, people talking about it, and it's I, interesting. Uh, it is interesting, and I have a hard time with how the the length of time it keeps going. 
Yeah. You kind of feel like, So for those listeners who aren't up to speed, essentially there was uh, two separate couples who their significant others, their spouses, ended up being killed. And these two couples then essentially ran away together and all their kids are missing. The wife and the husband. Yeah. I think there's only two kids, right? Two kids, yes. A boy and a girl. But the kids are missing. Yes. They know where the wife and husband, they were in Hawaii for a while, and I think right. they went to Mexico. I don't know. They went all over the place. Their an- the and answers no one knows where the kids are. The questions are a little shady. Yeah. It's yeah. sad. Very sad. Really Very sad. sad. The purpose for having Courtney on our podcast is, is actually twofold. One, because it's really exciting to talk about someone who knows my past, knows my, my childhood. I know her childhood. Right? We are twins. Uh, that, uh, go tell that story, please. <laughs> That's another lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all growing up, Courtney and I, we've and, and we have got three three other siblings or two other. I have well, three we siblings. Have three. Uh, we have two That's other siblings. Lie. Yeah, another lie. We have a whole childhood of lies. If if anyone listening is still listening for that matter, and and recalls me telling a story about older siblings that my Older siblings told me that I had, but I didn't. Courtney can back me up on this. Kip and Carmen. Kip and Carmen. Were you in on this? No. It was just our older brothers. on your side. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. No, they lied to us. I will get even with them. (laughs) They are still missing in pictures (laughs) when labeled. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the other reason that we really wanted to have Courtney on is she's a fantastic mother, a fantastic parent, and she has... Four, four, four. I four. <laughs> I'm a great We're uncle. Clearly close. Yeah, she has four great, wonderful, lovely, beautiful children that are pretty much in alignment with my kids' ages for the most Ish. part. Ish. Minus Henry. Minus Henry, but then we've got the one extra because of the twins, <laughs> yeah, so true. we make up for it there. Um, but she also has a, a beautiful little girl named Ruby. What can you tell us about Ruby, Courtney? Ruby is my youngest. She is six, and she is the happiest person you will ever meet. Um, That's true. I can verify that. <laughs> Do you want me to tell, like, yeah. everything? T- okay. Tell everything. You want to so hear. when Ruby was born, she didn't cry, and they just kind of said, She's just She's happy. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah. Um. So... Everything was fine. And then we were going to leave the hospital that third day. And I just felt like something was wrong. And so I sent her to the nursery to be fed. And they found out that she was turning blue when she was drinking. So they put her in the NICU. She was in the NICU for four weeks. And every specialist that came by diagnosed her with something. So Something different. Something different. Okay. So when the ENT came, he diagnosed her with a laryngeal cleft, um, which is an opening down by your esophagus. Um, It's your laryngeal, which means that everything she swallows, there's a cleft, like a cleft palate or a cleft lip Mm -hmm. just down below. So every time she swallows, it goes straight to her lungs. So Mm -hmm. she aspirates. Um, She was diagnosed with cataracts, um, and which she then... received or I don't even know how to say it uh got glaucoma from that from all the removal the cataract removal she has multiple she was diagnosed with a hole in her heart um 
her lungs are different sizes and the left one doesn't work as well as the right. Um, it's a little bit smaller. Her, um, that's okay. Stage mom, it's okay. I could hear you say that, and that's okay. Her, um, uh, she has tracheomalacia, so her trachea collapses when it shouldn't, which prevents her from getting uh, congestion out of her lungs, which she retains sickness a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's maybe all. She, so oh, we're all of this colossum, also, sorry. Neurology. She has a thinned corpus callosum, so she is a little bit developmentally delayed, mm-hmm. and she has hypertonia, which means she is uh, weak, weak. so she didn't walk on time, and her milestones aren't quite hit. Those diagnoses, at, at what stage was she diagnosed? Because it wasn't all at once, right? I remember... It was within the four weeks. Okay, all four weeks, all mm-hmm. of those things yes. were diagnosed. Every time a specialist came by, it was, it was like something new. crashing down on us. Just felt like, you know, piles of bricks every time they came by thinking, really? What? Why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Ruby's been through a lot. You know, she's been through several procedures and surgeries to try to, you know, help and fix some of these things. Lots of surgeries. List off just a few of them that come to the top. So she had multiple cataract surgeries, which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, The few that she's had on the right eye have been successful but she still battles glaucoma and high pressure. Um, and on the left eye, she had received a, a tube placement to drain her eye so that the pressure would drain. Mm-hmm. And they cut the tube too long, the doctor, so it scratched the cornea. So wow. she then had to have a cornea transplant. Um, and we've really struggled with the success of that. She may have to have another one coming up, um, which is hard. She had the hole in her heart closed, which did a huge thing for her and gave her a ton of energy. And that's Mm -hmm. been the best thing ever. She had her laryngeal cleft. She's had surgery on that four times. Now the first one was before we left the hospital four weeks. The second one was July of that same year. So she was born in April All of May, she was in the hospital, and then we went back to the hospital in July and had a second cleft repair, and then the third one was a year later that July, so when she was about 15 months old, um, on my birthday, actually, Mm -hmm. and that one was when she received her trach. She has a trach. Uh Um, She also wears glasses and has hearing impairment, so we found that out. Did we find that out then? We may have found out about the hearing impairment after but she received her trach they stitched her cleft again and then we found out it had opened up and it was as if she's never had surgery so we headed to boston to a specialist there that was this most recent trip yeah uh ish yes okay so she had that done last september and then we go back in june to see how that's done she's had a couple surgeries out in boston two different ones okay um one was on her lungs and so the, um, this next trip to Boston, where they they see the success of of the last surgery, 
There's nothing. Is there anything preliminary that shows, hey, maybe it's worked, maybe it's not, or is it all? Well, I think if she were eating, yes. Yeah, but so she's also she's, she's got a feeding tube. Yeah, she has and a she's had that tube. since the hospital, since she was a newborn, essentially. Uh, no, we got that at six months. Okay, she had an NG tube, which is through That's the right. nose, the That's nasal right. tube, for the first six months, and then when we realized that there was not going to be any food in her mouth, we decided yeah. to go ahead and place the tube. Um, and then, so she's not clear to eat food. So when we go out in June, they will check the repair and they will also do a swallow study to see if she's able to. Okay. Um, the problem with, it's not a one and done deal. So the problem is she also has a weakened, um, all of her mouth is weak because she's also nonverbal. So yeah. she's, Nonverbal and G tube fed, so her mouth is not functioning like our mouth. So the muscles don't get strong. So when she does get food in her mouth, it pools, and then even if she's cleared for food because of the delayed swallow, it goes straight to her lungs. Gotcha. So she tends to aspirate, yeah, because of a couple yeah. of different reasons. Yeah. Okay. So in the last six years, <clears throat> you've had to navigate. Lots of ups and downs, yes. right? One with her, her health, her physical abilities, her mental abilities. Uh, one thing that you've had to navigate recently is is the school system. Yeah. So tell me about her school. So Ruby was placed in a um, self-contained classroom when she was in kindergarten. She's in first grade now. And this classroom was supposed to go from K through third grade. And then she would have had to switch class, switch schools because there's not another special needs school in that class or in that school, special needs classroom in that school. Okay. So, um, she has, she's in multiple disabilities class, which is kind of the kids who don't have one diagnosis like Ruby and they have lots of things and they need kind of a lot of help, but they all have different, um, cognitive abilities. Uh Yeah. So they had one teacher and a couple of aides and one of the aides quit when we were in Boston last year. And Ruby is ambulatory, which means she's walking, um, more ambulatory than anyone in that classroom or she was. And because she's nonverbal, she has a trach. She has a lot, um, of needs that you have to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they didn't have enough help. So I kept her home from school and it took about two months of fighting for more aids in that classroom to get her back to school and fighting for a one-on-one aid because that's Mm -hmm. what I really thought she needed because I can't control the classroom needs. But if I can get the one-on-one aid, hopefully that would help things yeah. a little bit. But and and based on my secondhand knowledge of this story, it seems like the teachers and the people involved really were, were trying to help you and fight for Ruby to get, give her the resources that she needed. Yes. So we have a great school staff. We love the principal, love the office staff, love all of the therapists that work with her. Her teacher's amazing. And her teacher was spread so thin that... I mean, we were really fighting not just for Ruby, but for everybody in that class because they really needed help. Yeah. So there was, and and this is a, a bigger topic that, that you, some issues going on with certain school districts and school boards, and I'm, I, we don't need to get into those here. But recently you did go to a district school board meeting. I did. And 
you had the opportunity to get up and, you know, share your message on behalf of Ruby and other students who are in similar situations. Right. So it was kind of the perfect storm because our school district kind of had a blow up. Mm -hmm. And so we seemed to already be in the news. And because Ruby was out of school already for six weeks at that point, um, I could kind of share our story on Facebook and kind of get it out there to where people wanted to hear from us. So we were on the news and we went to the school board meeting and I spoke about why Ruby needs an aid and how she can't be in school and how unfair it is. And they weren't willing to help me. And so I'm hoping that in time things will change for other families too, because I'm not the only one that's fighting. Yeah. And there were other people at that meeting, right? Yes. And people came Which up I to you after. Which I didn't know about. Yeah. 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 So. so there are a lot of people in similar boats. I think what I've realized with Ruby is she keeps us on our toes. Yeah. She, I will always have to fight for her. Yeah. That it's not ever going to be fair, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so now I'm trying to decide because then last week they told me they're closing her program. Oh, really? That I fought to keep her in that school. So I was pulled aside and told that they were closing it. So What's the timeline at the end of this year? They told me the end of next year. Okay. But they told someone else the end of this year. So I'm having a hard time trying to... Navigate that. Navigate who's telling the truth. Yeah. But, um... And they may not know, right? Like, it may be that much up in the air. It's probably a lot to consider on their part, I'm sure. yeah. So I toured a couple different schools, and I'm really trying to battle if I want her in inclusion mm-hmm. and put her in a typical classroom um, or keep her self-contained. I am I really don't know. I, I really wanted her self-contained, but someone told me that the world is not self-contained, which sure. is true. So yeah. I want as many people as possible to be aware of her anyway. Yeah. So as a, as a former teacher, I, I, I have somewhat of a background when it comes to special ed classrooms, but nothing when it comes to self-contained, everything that I dealt with was students who were a part of inclusion. They'd be in my classroom every, and then have pull out for special education. And I can say that the students that I had, those inclusion classes were so helpful for them, right? Just the social aspect Mm -hmm. of, you know, getting to know other kids and having, honestly, having the other kids get to know them and learn and understand what they were all about. And one question that I have for you is like, how do people perceive Ruby? I mean, I I can only imagine that when you go out, she gets a lot of looks. She gets a lot of looks. But Ruby is the type of person who's like, yep, everyone look at me. And she just owns it. She loves the attention. So how has that been? So I, it's, it's interesting because I know a lot of people who are offended by that. And I mean, my daughter's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She just has a lot going on medically that draw attention. Sure. So I kind of take it, you know what? Look at her, like, look how far she's come. Yeah. Look how amazing she is. Don't hesitate to ask me any questions. Yeah. And so I actually really appreciate it because she definitely spreads light wherever she goes and she welcomes people looking at her. She's not shy about it. So she walks right up to people and melts their heart. So Nate loves to tell, my husband loves to tell his story. We don't want to talk about him on this. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) When we were in Boston last, 
he was pushing her stroller, and there were a whole was a whole line of people waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. And Boston's pretty diverse. Yeah. So we're walking down the street towards the hospital, and all these people are waiting for the bus, and she's walking by saying hi and waving to everyone like she's in a parade. Yeah. She loved it. And to see her break people from a conversation or on their phone. That's magical. It is magical. She yeah. just has a touch, you yeah. know? So I don't mind it. I love questions. I love to share her story, her awareness. Bring, look at her and look how amazing she is. Yeah. Um, I think the most refreshing is kids. Mm-hmm. When kids stare, they say hi and they ask what things are. And it's such a relief to... Yeah. I think we lose that as we grow older, you well, know? Well, and I feel like it wasn't that way 30 years ago when you right. were I growing up. It right. was like, oh, you might get a glance, but like no way were you going to ever ask someone. Right. And that almost made the situation worse, right? right? It By does not make getting it worse. to know them or asking. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. So we've got uh, Aubrey and I have a good friend that I think you've connected with at one point. Uh, she wrote a book called When Charlie Met Emma. Oh, have you we read that book? I love that book. Such a good book. We actually gave it to her classroom. Perfect. And we let, we gave it to the library at her school because yeah. I love it. Yeah. Something that, and, and you, I think you connected with Amy on one of her, mm-hmm. what was at the time called Special Needs Spotlights. Yeah. What was that, what was that like? So she just asked me a bunch of questions about Ruby and how things were with the world around us and yeah. people and things like that. It's interesting to me, to me, for me to see how people, you know, cope with these things and they, they, you know, create these communities of others around them who are going through similar scenarios. Do you have a community of parents or individuals that are like-minded or going through similar challenges that Ruby is? Absolutely. I do think that the interesting part is everyone's going through their own different challenges because every kid is so different, but it is nice. Um, I've, I've connected through a lot with a lot of people through just having Ruby. I've met people through the hospital, just at outpatient appointments, therapies. And I've, um, since now I'm on the parent advisory board at PCH, Mm -hmm. which is Phoenix children's hospital. Um, and I've met a lot of moms that way. And, you know, there's a lot of connection. I'm going to be on the parent advisory board for the district. Awesome. And so it's neat to hear people's story. I think that's the best part. So, and I don't know if you've thought about this before, but I think you have a special and a unique opportunity to continue to share your story and Ruby's story and be an advocate for others. And whether that's in visiting classrooms or speaking engagements, or have you thought about doing things like that? I haven't at this point. I feel like I feel like that's kind of just starting. I feel sure. like I was so underwater with Ruby for so long that she's just now getting to a point of stability. Yeah. Where now that she's in school and, you know, things like that that I feel like this is the first year I feel like I could give back. So yeah. I'm on these boards and I feel like I'm doing good that way that I just want it to. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. I've got three more questions for you. One, what tips or advice would you have for other parents who are going through a scenario like this where maybe it's an unknown going into a newborn and something comes up and it could be anything, right? It could be a limb difference. It could be something that Ruby has been challenged with. What tips or advice would you give them? Um, What would I give them? I think that one, realize you're not alone. 
and that it is important to connect with people, whether it be Facebook or people you meet in the hospital. I think the connection is important and to realize that there's a lot out there mm-hmm. and to realize that you are their parent for a reason, yeah. you know, like I, for so long, have felt like I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough, but you aren't, <laughs> but you will be, but you will be, you know, yeah. yeah. and to realize that they are just the best gift ever, that they are a positive ray of light, yeah. no matter where they go. That's awesome. Okay. Two more questions. One, how have your other children adapted? And you don't, maybe we can ask a different question <laughs> because I'm sure it's different for each it child, right? You've got different personality. Your, right. your oldest has his own personality, right? Compared to your, to, to Henry, right? Like they're completely yeah. different individuals collectively, let's say. How yeah. have they adapted? Um, you know, it, they don't know any different. I think sure. that we've gone through our ups and downs like every other um, family goes through their ups and downs, but... I think overall, I think the hardest part that I've realized is me being away from them. Yeah. So they've had to really adjust to waking up to mom and Ruby in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, they do not w- wake up to fire trucks in our house or EMTs talking at full volume. They do not wake up. They're mm. so used to that. Yeah. But wow. it's kind of later, I've realized there's some things that come out with us being gone and not knowing where we are and... You know, yeah. us being gone on trips, which is hard. But yeah. the, and I think I need to look at my inclusion for school and think about the benefit that Ruby is to our family and the other kids. Like, I want her to be treated like my other kids treat her. Yeah. Because they just think she is totally. Yep. I mean, when Henry was little, he said, Mom, how old was I when I got my trach out? Yeah. And so he thought he had a trach. Yep. And he thought Ruby would talk like he talks at a certain age, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so they just think that's typical and it's a blessing. Yep. Okay. Last one. Our podcast title, Accidental Parenting, it refers to, you know, figuring out as we go the ups and downs. Tell us about a recent win or fail that you've had as a parent with one of your kids. Well,. I, the other day, thought I was doing a good thing, and I had to pick Ruby up from, Livy up from school early, take her to an appointment, and I, while we had time, I was like, oh, let's go get your glasses changed out, because they needed to be done for like six months. Mm-hmm. It's been, she's had dog-chewed glasses for six months. <laughs> so that in and of itself is a fail, right? But I think, yeah. let's go do it while we have time. So we get them changed out. It takes about five minutes. We pull out, and we're in a car accident. <sighs> And she gets hit on her side. And it's not my fault, but it's really awful. And she's just about 12. Yeah, she's 11. Just about 12. (laughs) That is helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So we get to, first of all, she we're fine. And the car is totaled, but we go home and we were, everybody said to take her to the hospital just to get her checked out because her head hurt and her head hit the airbag pretty bad. So we go home. Well, we go to the hospital first and there were so many thing mishaps at the ER that we were so freaked out that we had to go home. Mm-hmm. So we go home a couple days. She goes to school and 
one of the teachers, she says her head's hurt, tells them she was in a car accident. They made you go to school. <laughs> I and I think, okay, <laughs> awesome. She I, didn't. I can't move my right hand. The best part is I said, did you say you wanted to go to school? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> so I look like the bad mom. Oh, uh, that's So funny. then we get home and I think, you know what? Maybe I should. If she's still hurting, I should take her to the ER. So I yeah. take her to the ER and... The lady at the front desk says, now, how old is she? Well, she was sitting in the front seat. Oh, and I no. said, 11. <laughs> oh, wimpy. 11. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she should be 14. Okay. And I, 14. I disagree with that. I even well, think the American Association for Pediatrics would say 12. I looked it up and technically it's 13, but it's height and weight. Exactly. Yes. That so lady was just giving you a guilt trip. Recommended, yeah. but she gave me a guilt trip, and then she said, "Now, why did you wait two days to come in?" And <laughs> oh, so no. I was like, uh, "I'm feeling very puny right now." <laughs> well, I wanted to get all the drugs cleared out of my I system know. in case you decided to test me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, you right. try and do your best. Well, Kimberly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're going to wrap this up with a quick little game. Okay. And Aubrey just sent me the rules to this game. Okay. Growing up. Did I get the rules? Nope. Oh. Growing up, we had uh, a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo. Okay. Or an Nintendo, as I may have referred to it several times. Okay. The game is you and I are going to go back and forth naming different video games. So specific games, it could be on any game console. Any year range. Any year range. Okay. Let's go. Games. Okay. I'll start. Dig Dug. Duck Hunt. Decathlon. Spy Hunter. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. NBA 2K. Tecmo Bowl. Madden. NBA Jam. Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Brothers 1, the original. Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario Brothers 2, the follow-up. Um... Mario and Luigi. Super Mario Brothers 3. That's Super, the one where he started Super flying. Super Smash Bros. Super Mario Land. Oh, my. Um, Legends of Zelda. Super Mario Kart. Super, I already said that one. Did you really? Yes. Dang it. All right. So, here, so you won the game. And here's why I was thrown off. Because in the background, listeners, you may have heard someone knocking on the door. Currently, we were sitting in my parents' basement in one of their back bedrooms recording this podcast, and one of our nephews was just knocking on the door, and he heard us naming games, <laughs> and he yelled through the door, Super Mario Kart. So I said it. She had already said it, and Courtney officially wins the game. Yay Woo! for Courtney. All right, that's it for this episode of Accidental Parenting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. And we're back. Hi. We forgot to tell a story. The, the twin, twin story. story. Go for it. Tell the story, Court. So, Lan- Landon. <laughs> His middle name is Cole. Landon is my son, and I always call people Landon. <laughs> so, Coleman and I... That's never happened to any parent <laughs> no, before. Right? So Coleman weird. and I were in high school, and I am two years older, and we were walking through the office, and I don't even know why, but Coleman used to be really shy, actually. Painfully shy. And we were walking through the office and a lady said, wait, are you guys twins? And I walked by and I said, no. I also said no. And she <laughs> said,
said one said no and one said yes. And They're she, playing a joke on us. She just cackled like an office administrator. It was so amazing. Funny. And from then on, we had this joke we're that we twins. were twins. We are the we were the first twins. Ouija are the second twins. That's true. All right. Thanks for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.